There's an online trend of a lot of women who are getting together and posting photos to support women. Here, put a photo up, put a dark space in your Instagram, and we've solved all the problems of the world. And I was also um, receiving all these messages from friends like Paula Ferris. Um, it ended up being the leaders of the Women's March had a strong tie to Farrakhan and a lot of anti-Semitic and, in my opinion, extremely problematic and controversial views. Not that both women. One of the, I just want to say one of the women had strong ties, not both of them, but go ahead. Well, you can watch the tape of me interviewing them on the show and make your own decision for yeah, it. Yeah, I was there. Uh, you were not. I there. was there. No, you weren't. I was there. I no, was there. Weren't. Yes, I was. You were not. I was there. there. No, you weren't. I was there. I was no, there. Weren't. Yes, I was. I sat right there. I will get it for you so you can see what I'm talking well, about. We had really both women on, but that's well, not the point. point. I just found out about this about an hour ago. I was really not aware of it. It's a nice idea. I've always wanted to do a podcast with different women who have different points of view. Or just like a show where I force people to talk about the view with me. Is the world flat? Yes. I'll call it Deja the View. I, I never thought about it, Whoopi. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Deja the View. Hi, Hi. Marie. Hi, Sean. <laughs> I feel like something's missing, Kevin. <laughs> um, much like Tucker Carlson. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kevin is away on a long planned vacation. <laughs> and I wonder about this long planned vacation. He seems to take a lot of long planned vacations um, when, when it gets kind of hot. But we didn't want to let season 23 of The View come to an end without um, putting our final Deja The View take out on it. So we are blazing forward without Kevin. <laughs> Despite multiple complaints last time we did this. (laughs) We did some listening. um, We did some learning. We decided to still go on without Kevin, regardless of what you have to say. Yeah, so downvote this. Uh, (laughs) We don't care. (laughs) So, Marie, you're still um, quarantined, even though... Toronto since stage three yeah to me yeah the the stages or the phases or whatever they mean very little to me um (laughs) I'm still very paranoid and will not be going to an indoor restaurant or a bar for the time being what about about the gym (laughs) (laughs) I've gotten quite comfortable um, drinking in my ho- own home and working out never. <laughs> so I think that I'll keep doing that. Yeah, I also, I don't know. I actually wouldn't say that I'm very paranoid. I think I've actually become quite um, comfortable. Uh, and especially just like watching our cases. Like this week, there was a day where Toronto had one new confirmed case, uh, which is pretty impressive. So I'm not really afraid of the virus but i think that this lifestyle has really suited me 
and and I'm not eager to change. Like I'm not eager to start like living. Can I ask normal. you something? Um, yeah. Have you ever heard the term "eye of the storm"? <laughs> <laughs> so. My fear is not that like I'll go out and like suddenly get it because I realize that our numbers are are quite low right now. My fear is that like it's about to get worse and I don't want to be the person who's like getting too comfortable. You know what I mean? That's fair. I I certainly don't want to be like the first person to go and eat in a restaurant, the first person to go to the gym and the first person to go to the movie theater. Like it feels... Yeah. Like, it feels awkward and, like, something I should be embarrassed about. <laughs> you know, like, it you feels shameful. Be. You should be embarrassed to go to the gym. <laughs> well, it's been a long time since our last episode, as our followers like to remind us on a daily basis. <laughs> it has been a while. It's, it's been, been over a month, I think. Yes, like, I, I aged. I literally aged <laughs> since our last <laughs> episode. I had a birthday. <laughs> Oh yeah, happy birthday. Thank you. I wasn't um waiting for you to say that to me. But I did have a birthday. Um so to me, it feels like it's been literally one whole year since we last recorded. <laughs> At a birthday, I got a new tattoo. You got a um, new tattoo? Yeah, I did. Okay, so let me ask you about that, because you're not going to the gym, but you're getting tattoos. <laughs> okay, but to be fair, it was probably the most like over the top safe thing I've ever done in my life. Um, well, that's the, like truly like a surgical experience. Oh my God. Literally the, the tattoo artist was like, it's going to look like I'm about to do surgery right now. Just to warn you put on like full um, garbage bag suit. I would describe it as <laughs> goggles. I was like, Oh my God. Are we, I guess we're going to chromatica right now. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was quite the experience, but I did feel very safe. And I did tip well. (laughs) Okay. Well, some big things, big milestones at The View also. They finally got another Emmy. Congratulations (laughs) are in order because The View won an Emmy for Outstanding Informative Talk Show. Um, It may just be a daytime Emmy, but it's still an Emmy. (laughs) It may have been a daytime Emmy virtual ceremony, but it's still an Emmy. Yeah. So I don't know. Are you surprised that they won? We talked about it a little bit on the show, I think, when they were nominated. Yeah. I was surprised until I remembered that they had re they had submitted themselves in a different category than normal. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. I think that I remember Kevin uh, thought that there real competition was red table talk <laughs> so <laughs> they beat fair. <laughs> they beat red table talk but they were also nominated for informative talk show hosts so the hosts were nominated and the show was nominated in two separate categories they lost host to Tamron Hall yeah which um that's great for Tamron Hall first season right that's yeah, first it's great for Tamron. It's I th- it might be her second season, but but Kevin will <laughs> fact check <laughs> us on that. Um, great for Tamron. Great for Candy. Yeah, who left the view, went to Tamron, secured the bag. Sorry, I'm at the motorcycle track again today. So <laughs> here, 
<laughs> you might hear that. That's um, Candy driving by with her M. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Candy jumps ship. The view kind of takes on this new format where it's like guest heavy. And Tamron Hall wins for best host. I don't know. I'm not saying that there's like a correlation. Was it, okay, but was it Candy or was it Fantasia Barino Shine? Well, that's something we may never know the answer to. <laughs> Maybe The View needs to redo their theme song and then the the daytime Emmys will be ready to have that conversation. Well, in other talk show news, our dear friends Sarah Strahan and Kiki are canceled. <laughs> And just to be clear, you don't mean like they're canceled, like cancel culture. You mean literally the show will no <laughs> longer no. air. That's right. They're literally canceled. Um, so page six reported uh, way back on July 2nd that multiple sources were claiming that Sarah Strahan and Kiki uh, will not come off hiatus. As you'll remember, they were on hiatus when the coronavirus stuff started mm-hmm. um, and they were replaced with this show called GMA3 What You Need to Know, which was just like a news update sort of thing. I mean, to be clear, first they were <laughs> replaced <laughs> by a show that I think was literally called The Coronavirus Update. Yes. Then that got <laughs> turned into What You Need to Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so page six's sources said, everyone is still getting paid. There's space for everyone. They're actively in contact and they're figuring out what the future will look like. And another insider said, it's unfortunate, but the hope is that there'll be a bigger part of GMA3 down the road. Everyone was feeling good about their show. It was nominated for three daytime Emmys, which is shocking. It finally found its rhythm. Ratings were stabilized and were starting to tick up when they went off the air. (laughs) Just like classic. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Are we sad about this? I don't think we are. It's like, I, they said in that statement, something about them being a a part of, of GMA. I, I think that we've talked about this before, but like, it upsets me to think of them trying to like turn Kiki into like a news, like broadcaster person, Mm -hmm. because she has like so much personality that makes her unique. That is like not a voice that you get to see on TV. So it would suck if like, that's what they wanted her to do. And it sucks to not have a platform for her to have that person personality out there on TV right now. So that's what I'm sad about. Everything else, I'm not sad about. Yeah, it does feel like Kiki, I don't know where she fits. And it's weird. It's upsetting now that she's in this stable of like ABC talent that just gets shuffled around like cattle. Um, Because for most of those people, you could plug them in anywhere on any of those daytime shows like Sarah or like Strahan. But Kiki's a little bit more unique in that she is like actually young and interesting. Um, I truly believe the only place left for her is The View. I mean, I don't even, like, I get what you are saying, but it's like, I'm looking at it even bigger picture where I'm like, I don't want her to have to be held back by having co-hosts. Like, I wish that she could have something like the Tamron Hall show where she herself could give people that balance of, like, of 
news of what's going on in the world, but also have the like fun personality and music and stuff. So it it would be nice for her to be on the View, but for me, I'm I I have bigger dreams for her. Well, <laughs> I hear that a spot may be opening up soon in daytime TV. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> ask there's this, anyone. There's a ask anyone. Tell <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, let's talk about another few update. Let's talk about Abby Huntsman, <laughs> who's also looking for work. <laughs> <laughs> so as we know, Abby left The View to join her father's campaign for uh, governor in Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, John Huntsman lost the primary in Utah. So I didn't actually know that she was she was leaving to run his primary campaign. So he wasn't even <laughs> like the Republican yeah. candidate yet. Yeah, like, I mean, I think ideally she was like leaving to run <laughs> the gubernatorial or whatever <laughs> campaign the, the as, <laughs> as a whole. <laughs> And the first step would have been this. So it's kind of like when you're competing, <laughs> if you say you're like your team, your, your choir team is going to nationals, <laughs> you still have to get through the regionals or like the sectionals and then the regionals before you get to nationals. Sorry, I've been watching Glee lately. <laughs> um, and, and so like, you know, the goal is nationals. No one really talks about the <laughs> first Step, but they didn't even make it past the first step sadly yeah it just feels like everything with this campaign was just mired in disaster and disappointment <laughs> like that everybody came down with covid and yeah. then they all got better and then they lost uh, yeah <laughs> it's really sad and um i don't know I, I do think that there was other things going on with abby leaving as we know like she had complaints about a toxic mm-hmm. workplace and stuff. Um, but I I hope that she doesn't regret it, you know? Yeah, and I think that, um, like, I don't think that she would, I I'm, 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 don't mean to speak for her, but I am speaking for her right now. I don't think that she regrets it in the sense that when, when she left, it did seem really, like everyone was on good terms and they were like, yeah, you can come back whenever. So I don't think it was like closing the door forever. Um, and I think that they would be happy to have her back if she wanted to go back. But it really, really sucks that like things went so badly for it. Yeah. And in many ways, it sort of feels like the ship has sailed for her to come back. <laughs> I don't know why it feels like that, but it just feels like she's a distant memory of the show. I do miss her, but um, I don't know. She said about the loss, life is about winning and losing, but I've always found that the losing makes us strongest. Our family has grown so much through this experience, only falling more in love with this great state. So, Abby, the good news is you can stay in the state and still be on The View. Um, Maybe we'll see her in the future. I don't know. She did tweet um i took a screenshot of this because i i wanted to remember it two days ago um she tweeted i watch hamilton every night and still love it even more thank you for giving us all a brief escape at hamilton musical 
And the reason why I screenshot <laughs> is so stupid. Kevin's going to cut this out. Remember, like, a year ago, they were talking about a documentary, and it might have been the Taylor Swift one. And Abby made, like, a throwaway comment being like, my husband and I watched that for an hour last night, and we loved it. And you and I both... <laughs> made note of the fact that she said we watched it for an hour and we were like abby the movie is like an hour and 40 minutes <laughs> i think it was the mr dress up documentary <laughs> oh, yeah. or you sorry the, the mr rogers not mr rogers not mr yes. dress up yes, yes it was yes. mr rogers I'm telling you, if you haven't watched a documentary yet about Mr. Rogers' Wonderful. life, because I feel like today there's a lot of negative around us. And so the other night, my husband and I spent an hour watching it, and I felt so uplifted. So when I saw this tweet, I wanted to tweet at Abby, but also at you being like, "Did you do you really watch it every night, or do you only watch it for an hour? But then I was like, am I the only person who remembers her saying that? Um, I thought it was really funny that she says she watches it every night because it's so long. <laughs> <laughs> it's so long. Like, I couldn't even watch it all in one sitting. And I'm not Abby Huntsman. Like, Well, maybe if you watch an hour every night, it's not as bad. I could do that. But, like, <laughs> when I'm done, do I start it over again the next night? <laughs> like, how long has this been going on for? I don't know. That was my other question. If she tweeted this two nights ago, didn't the movie come out at the end of May? So, like, it's been two months now. No, no, no. The movie came out, like, at the at the beginning of July. God, it feels like people have been talking about it for eight <laughs> years. They have. Well, the musical came out a long time ago, Marie. I, <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> Well, something else that Abby could watch um, in the future <laughs> is uh, uh, Candace Cameron Bray is working on her Hallmark movies again. She's mm -hmm. back to work. And I don't really care about this story, but I guess <laughs> I guess since a lot of our listeners enjoy Candace's Hallmark um, masterpieces, They'll be happy to know that uh, she has been temporarily moved to Canada, where she is considered an essential worker, uh, <laughs> to complete filming of her, <laughs> I don't even know what this means, her 14th tier garden mystery. Tea garden. Isn't oh, it the Aurora something? I, I really tea don't garden know. Mystery. What is that? It's, it's a mystery series. She plays like a detective. <laughs> Is her name or a PI? Garden? Yeah, I think that her. I think that her last name might be that. And there's fourteen. Yeah, it's like a recurring movie series on Hallmark. It's unwatchable. <laughs> that's coming from me, who has watched <laughs> Switched for Christmas eighty thousand times. Okay. I'll so all this that. to say, <laughs> rest assured, Hallmark will be pumping out fresh movies this holiday season. Well, I, then I guess people were a little concerned that there wouldn't be new Christmas movies because the <laughs> the the Horora Tea Garden mystery. 
Those aren't Christmas movies. No, they're not. Those are just regular. Those are movies. all season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and um, she still has to do the Christmas movies. And so people were like, well, what's going to happen with the Christmas movies? But rest assured that as soon as she's done the Tea Garden <laughs> Mysteries, that's the worst name for a yeah. series that has made it 14 installments. <laughs> um, she will be very shortly thereafter beginning filming on uh, her latest Christmas movie, which I don't know if that has a title. I haven't seen one, but I, I guess she she's been asked if it's going to have a coronavirus theme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she said, absolutely not when hell freezes over. <laughs> yeah. Which it would be funny to see Hallmark do a COVID themed Christmas movie, but like, it's not their brand. No, they're, they're see it as a hoax. Their brand is like, like push everything bad under the rug. Like, it was pretty groundbreaking when they had the episode about adoption. Like, that's as much real world (laughs) as they're willing to take on at the moment. If they did have a COVID-themed Christmas, it would, the climax would be, like, the two lovers, like, take off their masks and kiss. (laughs) Because nothing can hold them down. No, like, if they did a coronavirus, like, if they incorporated that into the movie, it would... It would just be the exact same format they've always done where a snowstorm stops someone from traveling and they have to go to a little town and they meet this guy who runs the inn and they fall in love. Except instead of a snowstorm, it would just be, oh, coronavirus happens so you can't travel. So they would just like take the same (laughs) format and the same script that they've been recycling for the last five years now, except instead of a storm or a train breaking down, it would be coronavirus. Yeah, but there would be that risk of like, you know what? Forget social distancing. (laughs) I need to embrace you in a PG way. Um, I have nothing to say about this one, but just because we're on the topic of former View co-hosts uh, working through the pandemic, I just wanted to mention that Rosie Perez has a new gig. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is the voice of an MTA ad reminding people to wear a mask. It's the law. <laughs> and she says to do the right thing. <laughs> What's up, New York? When you're riding a train or bus... Wear a mask. Show your fellow riders respect. And it's the law. Do the right thing. I love it. Oh, I love this. I love any news that has the words Rosie Perez, uh, new gig, new job, working. Just I'm just happy anytime that she's booked and busy. So I love this. And I love that it's actually for a good cause and it is an essential service and not a made-up essential service like Candace's. <laughs> yeah it seems like a big get for her like to be the voice of the subway I feel the opposite I'm like this is a big get for the subway <laughs> how did they get Rosie Perez <laughs> like lucky that I should be so lucky to walk into public transportation and hear <laughs> Rosie Perez's voice okay fair Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> my rides here. 
<laughs> okay, let's talk about Raven Simone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Raven actually dropped into the view this month and it was nice to see her. She was updating the ladies on her recent marriage, which was discussed mm-hmm. in the last episode of Deja the View. And she was also promoting her new album, The Reintroduction. And um, it was nice to see her, I guess. I don't know. It was like nice. Everybody was, was really excited to see her back. She sang a song from her album, which was nice because I haven't seen a musical performance on The View in God, yeah. so long. <laughs> Yeah. Um I like when I liked when Raven was on because like I like how excited Whoopi gets and how like happy Whoopi is to talk about Raven and to talk to Raven. And like Megan said, um there are no tops or bottoms at the view who have anything bad to say about her. You really you're the one person on the show of all the ex-hosts nobody ever has anything bad to say about ever under any circumstances you are beloved by the entire show from the top bottom (laughs) that was such a funny phrasing that (laughs) megan used because i think she knew exactly what she was doing and then raven like raven did not just like let the comment go she was like oh megan (laughs) oh megan oh megan Teach me your ways. I'm sure it's not the same for me, but you also have a, a new album out <laughs> called. Oh, Megan. Oh, Megan. We got to start there. Um, so Raven might actually be returning to our screens more frequently. There is a rumor that she will be taking um, an empty seat at the real. She was like, I guess I guess her name is being thrown around in the same way that we've been throwing names around for potential view co-hosts. Um, and Raven was asked about it, and she said that there's always conversations to be had. She said, but I'm going to stay true to what I've been setting goals toward during corona, and that's to focus on my skills as a director and EP and a creator, and really take what I've learned in the industry and pass it along to people that are beginning. And then... She said, but I'll never say no to a cool job. <laughs> and as yeah. long as we're Corona safe, I'm down for the cause. So I'm getting mixed messages. It sounds yeah. like it sounds like someone may have reached out to her. Yeah, and it does sound like she it doesn't sound like a no. That's that's <laughs> yeah. for sure. I feel like I'd be happy for her if she was on the reel because like it'd be nice for her to have a gig like that. Um, and like, I think that it would be good for the real, like it would make sense for the show because I, it's like, I, I don't think that she would do well with the group of the view co-hosts right now, but I do think that she does do well in that format. Yeah. I think you're right. I could see her on the real very easily. Yeah. Having watched three clips of the real in my life. <laughs> Um, okay, one last view update. There's been a lot to update because it's been a month. Um, is that Sunny Hostin has a new book? Yes. And let's yes. talk about her old book. <laughs> yeah. <first of> all. <laughs> let's back it up first. Let's remember uh, that Sunny announced to one of the harshest audiences I've ever seen. <laughs> 
that she had written a debut novel called Summer on the Bluffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a mi- mystery, I think. Family drama. Family drama. About yeah. a woman who has a house in the Hamptons, and it's about her mother and her sister. Oh, I guess we're doing and- a whole segment on this. <laughs> Um, and this is what it's about. So every summer, Esperanza Perry Soto, she's an Afro-Latina lawyer. No kidding. She escapes from New York City every summer for the beaches in Oak Bluffs on Martha's Vineyard, where she shares a beautiful seaside home with her two god sisters, Billy and Olivia. Now, the home is owned by their godmother, Ama. She's the first black woman to have a seat on the New York Stock Exchange. But this summer's on the bluff is different uh, because Ama has decided to give the house, but to only one of her goddaughters. Each of the women want the house desperately. Each is grappling with the secret. Each, each, each is grappling with the secret. Don't give the whole book and away. They, yeah, don't they tell fear the whole book. Look, when fear, is it available? Wait a second, that they fear oh will God. make them lose the house. We have one minute, 33 seconds. And How long is and it? You can can, I, is this chapter one or 10? This, this, is, this is just about the book. And literally, um, why is this a whole segment? And literally, everyone, um, it's available for pre-order right now. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. So she had announced "Summer on the Bluffs" on the View to come out this summer, and then you know it's like supposed to be a summer page turner. We were really looking forward to it. She was promoting it. I know that some of our followers actually got a hundred-page excerpt from it as like part of a contest we didn't get an excerpt people were people had pre-ordered it like it was like everyone was waiting for this book to come out and save us from the horrible summer of 2020 (laughs) but the summer on the bluffs was never to happen because they uh postponed it to summer 2021 Mm -hmm. um because of coronavirus well lo and behold sunny announces uh, a memoir of her life called I Am These Truths, a memoir of identity, justice, and living between worlds. And it's going to be published uh, in September. So this thing, and it's going to be published in English and Spanish. Mm -hmm. So they have like fast-tracked I Am These Truths and put the brakes hard on somewhere (laughs) on the web. This this is the book I want to read from Sunny. Like I'm actually looking forward to her memoir. I'm I will read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also really looking forward to Summer on the Bluffs because I, I wanted both. That's the thing. Like <laughs> why not both? Why can't I have both? It's not like they are competing um, genres. Like you could pick up Summer on the Bluffs and not even know that who the author is and not even realize that she has another book that just came out. Why can't they both come out? <laughs> Very mad. I wanted to read Summer on the Bluffs, and now I have to wait a whole year. <laughs> I hope that Sunny narrates the audiobook of Summer on the Bluffs, because that's how I'd like to experience it. Oh, yeah. I don't see why she wouldn't. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> very fired up about this. Uh, I'm very looking forward to reading both of her books. So I'm not I'm not upset that the memoir is coming out before the other one. Not at all. I just wish that they would both come out this year. Like we should have summer right now we should be talking about the shocking ending of Summer on the Block. Yes. That should be happening. <laughs> we'll just have to be patient. 
Okay, enough about that. Let's go to some spicy moments. <laughs> so the view's been like on and off this month, both in terms of entertainment and actually being on and off. Um, like they have had some like hiatus days and stuff like yeah. that. So they been on like they've literally been <laughs> off they've the been air. On and off. <laughs> And uh, so we're just going to highlight some spicy moments in no particular order. And when I say no particular order, I mean chronological. (laughs) So uh, one of them recently was when uh, Fauci said the U.S. was going in the wrong direction. They were talking about how Dr. Fauci isn't properly um, warning against protesting, or that was Megan's Mm. takeaway. I think Fauci was... Uh, uh, saying that the country wasn't taking the appropriate steps to uh, control the spread of COVID, but he didn't mention in all of the activities that he said should be restricted, none of them included protesting, uh, which uh, we know is Megan's like pet peeve. We have talked about the fact that Everybody has to get on board to to stop the spread of this thing. We said it to the marches. We said it to everybody. No one is making but a Dr. distinction. We got to put the masks on. In the way that I would have liked. That's the point I was trying to make, is that the leaders in place, like Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci, I think should have been screaming bloody murder when all the protesting and rioting started. And I do think there was an impression right. in and the when media they... from some people that it was uh-huh. okay because it, the protesting and the existential crisis of police brutality which we can have another conversation at another time was more important than the virus and the outbreak and people still and people have different I, opinions on that there are people that agree with that but the idea absolutely. that we're going to sit here there and say are, it's just yes. republicans not wearing masks is just intellectually dishonest no, I, and i think the reason that this clip got a bit of attention is because Whoopi kind of like she was kind of saying like first of all like nobody here is saying that um people should go protest without taking precautions mm-hmm. and we, we have been saying that and they, they had actually like to, to Whoopi's credit mm-hmm. um, and they really like gotten up back and forth about this and it start it kicked off the month of Whoopi and Megan having little tiffs <laughs> where Whoopi was like, if you want to fight about this, we can fight about this. And the whole time that this is happening, Whoopi's wearing a literal crown on her head, <laughs> yeah, which she did for like a week and a half. Um, she was just pulling out a different crown every day and it's like Megan like I get your point but like you can't have an argument with Whoopi Goldberg when she's wearing a crown yeah it's not right no show some respect (laughs) it it had an impact right. that people did not want to see. And the protesting and That's rioters what did not. And I'm saying three different yes, studies. No, I'm no, saying no impact whatsoever. It's the a different. No and one. The rioting, no one has no said impact. that. It's no, just Fox News. No one has said that. Listen. Listen, you want to look. You want to fight about it. We can fight about it. I don't want to fight not about it. I, I can't what keep we're sitting saying, here but it, acting like the protest in Chicago didn't just happen. <laughs> I just like I've hit my limit of being able to like be like, okay, I can see where Megan's frustrations are coming from. Like now, I'm just like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> and this conversation happened a month ago. But if you look on Twitter, she still retweets and tweets things about kind of making fun of the protesters uh being like oh i didn't know this was allowed that type of like making fun yeah um and and talking about the double standard and the hip hop the hypocrisy of uh 
the left being okay with the protests, but not being okay with like, you know, um, the chain smokers like concert and stuff like that. Pick something else to dwell on that isn't about people fighting for their lives. Yeah, totally. It's just like, it's like to, by drawing a comparison, it feels like she's saying that um, the protests are as worthwhile as a chain smokers concert. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about another spicy moment. They talked about Betsy DeVos, who has reared her ugly head. I know, she sucks. <laughs> she went on CNN to do an interview where she was urging for all schools to reopen full time as of September. Um, and so they talked about like whether or not you'd be comfortable sending your kids to school and like does the federal government have any kind of plan mm-hmm. to keep schools safe if they are going to reopen um and this it got spicy because joy who is a former teacher was asked um what her opinion was and she said that she doesn't believe that republicans care about education um and so they don't they don't really like care what happens in schools or if they're yeah. effective or not. And then of course, like Megan did the classic thing where she was like, you know, when somebody says that Republicans don't care about such and such an issue, she reads it as Megan McCain doesn't care about such and such an issue. Mm-hmm. You know, what really is really, really ma- making me uh, amusing me today is this idea that uh, the Republican Party cares about education. They've been spending the last few decades defunding education. Uh, and they think that we're going to believe this baloney that they're throwing at us now that they care about our children. Give me a break. Donald Trump only cares about getting reelected, full stop. And we know from John Bolton and other sources right on the front lines with him that that is his ultimate goal. That's all he cares about. Please. Well, I don't think it's fair to say Republicans don't care, don't care about children. I mean, I think that's that's very aggressive and incendiary. Education. But I think when you're ta- education, whatever. I said but education. When I think you're talking, Excuse me. But to sit here and say that Republicans don't care about education or children is it, just is just well, ridiculous. Well, then why do they keep defunding it? Why do they keep defunding education? Every time I turn around, it's less money. I was a teacher. I know what I'm talking about. Okay, Megan. I was not a teacher, teacher, but again, I think that this is, I think what's exhausting is coming on the show every day and being told that Republicans don't care about anything. We just want people to die. We want children not to be educated. Nothing matters. This is a crisis in this country right now. I have friends who have been calling me absolutely panicked about their kids not being able to go back to work and go back to school in September. And we all have to collectively come together and stop coming into this show every Monday after a break and saying, oh, it's Republicans' fault. It's not. This is America's problem. And yes, there's a lot of blame to be placed at Trump's feet, but we can all collectively take blame right now for everyone who's in office on the left and the right. I wish that Hillary Clinton. I'm sorry, but I wish that Hillary Clinton. We'll be right back. (laughs) So, Joy clarified also, like, uh, she clarified, I think, when they came back from the commercial, that when she says stuff like Republicans don't care, what she's meaning is like the White House, like the people in like those Republicans don't care, the people who are making these decisions. And I think that Joy like clarified that to try to be like, Megan, I hear you. Like, I'm not calling you these things. I'm saying Trump and his administration are these things. And Megan still got mad about that. 
I want to make one thing clear. Uh -huh. When I speak about Republicans, yeah. Megan, I am talking about the leadership in Congress. I am not talking about the run-of-the-mill Republican voter. So do not say that to me again, okay? Let's and as the clear. only Republican in mainstream media, when you talk like that, it puts us on the defense because it sounds accusatory. Republicans don't care about X. Republicans don't care about Y. I vote Republican. I'm voting for these people. So the implication is that I don't care about them. And when you're talking about schools, Fairfax County is used as an example of the worst examples of public schooling and how they've handled this crisis and how they've handled remote learning with schools. And that is in Virginia with a Democrat governor in place running it. So there's a lot of blame to be had all around. And all I want is for us at this show to lead by example and not be part of the problem and come in being accusatory about how all you Republicans have okay, so, I know, but so when you attack we, Republicans you have power, idiots like you are attacking their voters. And it's going to help him get reelected, Okay, I swear to God, if you don't stop, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take us to break again. Okay. I now, didn't bring this up. Here, we were moving here's on the to subject. Where, Joy here's up. the subject. And then it just like spiraled out of control where they were just like bickering back and forth on a delay. <laughs> so like <laughs> it didn't make sense at all. And then Whoopi had to jump in and be like, I swear to God, I will go to break again. <laughs> she literally said that. Like <laughs> literally said, I swear to God, I will make us go to break if you guys don't sob. <laughs> Sunny. Sunny's so like so savvy when it comes to the camera, I think. Yeah. Um, like in a really good way. Like she really knows how to work what she's given yeah. to work with. And so like she knows this new format now where for a lot of the time it's four heads on the screen together in boxes. Yeah. And she knows that there's a delay. So interjecting doesn't really work that well. And so she's like, well, then I'm just going to... <laughs> Act. My, yeah, she act she my just, internal dialogue. Yes, she displays her disapproval by just sitting there silently and the facial expressions and the look on her face that says, like, I am just so tired of this. Yeah. <laughs> Do we want to play that, so the Sophie one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's play it. Hello, Kevin or Marie or whoever goes through Instagram DMs. I hope that you're doing well. I just wanted to send like a really quick fun observation that I've made because I want to know what you think about it. I want to know if I am reading into things or if I'm onto something. So here it goes. I've noticed that over the past few weeks and months, there has been like a Freaky Friday shift in dynamic between Megan and Joy. And what I mean by that is like whenever Megan gets interrupted now, she does not get mad. She either lets the person like cut her off completely. She'll just be like, oh, okay, and stop talking. Or maybe she'll like finish her point, but like she's not mad or anything. She just like whatever lets it happen. And that's weird to see because normally she's like the queen of passive aggressive, like if someone interrupts her, you know, she'll be like, oh, no, I was done. It's fine. It's fine. I didn't have anything left to say, like super passive aggressive, classic Megan. And what's interesting is that Joy gets really pissed now when someone interrupts her. Like it even happened today. Um, Megan you know, Joy was actually interrupting Megan and then Megan was talking over Joy and Megan joked like, oh yeah, I'm cutting you off, Joy. And Joy was not happy. She didn't laugh. She like wasn't having it. 
And I don't know, I think it's like an interesting thing. I think it's fun. I don't know if it's like, I don't know. What do you guys think? Let me know. Um, that's it. Love you guys. Bye. I love that she says, I think it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> this happened a couple of other times in like the last month where it seemed like Joy was like getting frustrated about trying to interrupt Megan unsuccessfully, or, which is or a rarity. Yeah. So I don't know if it's that like Megan has figured out how to hack this new system <laughs> to like piss Joy off. Yeah. <laughs> or if it could just be that like having to do these virtual calls where you are on a delay has gotten too frustrating for joy. Like it's, they've been doing it for so long now that yeah. it's like gotten to a point where now she's like had it. <laughs> I've noticed even she's been doing it with other people where she's just like, she's decided that now she's going to talk. And even if it's whoopee, she'll just talk over her <laughs> until whoopee relents. There was one where she was trying to interrupt me and I, it could have been in this segment. I can't remember. Um, she was like trying to interrupt Megan and it wasn't working. And so she, or Megan, maybe Megan was interrupting her. I could have her on, but I just noticed that joy was getting so like irritated by it that she just started muttering under her breath going, Oh God. <laughs> and then, and then she went, Oh, forget it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that we got this voice memo in early July and it has been a trend, but also like Megan's been getting very frustrated. Yeah. Again, so like especially not saying of, like, that this, not saying that this is like a recurring thing. It might have just happened once or twice. <laughs> but yes, um, thank you for Sophie for your voice memo. I also just want to say that I love this person's voice and I wish that that is what my voice sounded like on the podcast. <laughs> so if I ever release an audiobook, I will be either getting Sunny Hostin or this woman Sophie to read it for my audiobook. It would be great if they started doing um like if Skype started introducing voice filters like <laughs> Face filters. Yes. Be a game changer. Oh my god. Like auto-tune for a podcast. Yeah. Million dollar idea. <laughs> okay, let's go to another spicy moment, which is uh oh yes. Ivanka po- posing with the Goya beans and Trump posing with the various Goya products after the CEO of Goya. Um, which is a company we don't have here in Canada, I think, unless it's imported. So this was all kind of new to me, this Goya thing. Um, but uh, uh, the CEO of Goya was uh, photographed uh, in a photo op with Trump at the White House. And people were upset about that for many obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. And then Ivanka and Trump posting these photos of them, like, essentially blatantly endorsing Goya products, which is illegal mm-hmm. for them to do. Um, uh, so they talked about this on The View, and they talked about whether there would be a backlash against Goya. Well, like, Whoopi was like, first of all, Sunny, can we just, like, <laughs> get it? Can you just say, is this illegal or not? And Sunny was just like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this like a violation, an ethics violation, Sonny? Yes. (laughs) 
Yes, it is in violation of like the ethics laws. Um, <laughs> they they were talking about this because people were calling on a boycott of Goya products, and then Megan said that beyond just her personally disagreeing with um, with boycotts, she brought up that sometimes when one side of the of politics so like if the left is boycotting a product it then leads the right to quote unquote boycott <laughs> which that. is and she uses the example of Chick-fil-A when people were boycotting uh Chick-fil-A the right wing people um actually started buying more Chick-fil-A and they saw their profits go up I don't yeah. know. It's yeah. like <laughs> fucking, it's like it's a it's like you can't you, you can't win. It's like <laughs> I don't want to support this horrible company, but then on the other hand, by not doing that, I don't want some like racist assholes to then take it upon themselves to spend double the money on this company. <laughs> you're damned if you do and you're yeah. damned if you don't. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing about this for me was that um it's not even that spicy of a moment, but um, it's more of like a foot and mouth moment for Megan because when she's talking about this boycott, she's like, look, like I've never really been one to talk about like boycotting or boycotting because um, because if I only if I only spent my money on companies and things that agree with me, then I would only be eating at Chick-fil-A and watching Tim Allen movies. What's interesting to me is, and I think I've said this on the show before, is if I only bought and consumed entertainment and products that agreed with me politically, I would only be eating Chick-fil-A, uh, even though I, I was a proponent of gay marriage, and um, I would only be watching Tim Allen movies. Which, there's a lot to break down there, because yeah. <laughs> first she of had... all, that's my idea of hell. <laughs> then <laughs> she then, says... <laughs> well, it's that, it's that she's like, if... If I only spent, if I only ate at places that agree with me politically, I'd only be eating at Chick-fil-A. And then it's like, as that's coming out of her mouth, she realizes that she has a GLAAD award and a RuPaul's statue on her shelf. And a Clay Aiken. And a Clay Aiken friend, <laughs> collectible friend. <laughs> and, and she's like, well, except that I actually uh, did support gay marriage. Um, and so it's yeah. like... Wait it was like, what? Then what? This, this woman's brain is a pretzel. <laughs> then what about Chick Fil A? Are you saying that you are supporting? Like yeah. what? Yeah, it was a. It was like she didn't think that um, whole thought through, which I can relate to. But <laughs> but in that instance, I was like, uh, yeah. Uh, and then it got a little spicy because Megan um, kept going on about her point, and then I think she was getting interrupted by joy again and megan did her like i'm still talking like you had your chance to talk and then and then she went on and then whoopi came in and started interjecting and then joy piped up no whoopi she's still talking (laughs) 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 which i thought was really funny like very childish but very funny and then yes. Megan lost it and was like, like, here's an example of Megan not taking well to the <laughs> interruption yeah. where she's like, I'm paid to come on here and talk. And if you don't want me to come, then I just won't come to work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, and then no it's really funny because 
nobody responded to it whatsoever. And there's probably something every CEO well, of every company in corporate America, I'm still talking, Joy, um, disagrees with or you agree with. And I do think I there's a big difference between the apartheid <laughs> in South Africa and the Goya products. That being said, the picture of Ivanka Trump holding it is just creepy. And it, I think it was a huge misfire on her part because, first of all, who cooks Mexican food or Hispanic food or opens up beans in an all-white outfit? And second of all, why does it look like the movie Get Out? Like, it's a weird, like, you're in a white background. Like, there's nothing about it that looks You natural. know why it looks so like that. Had, <laughs> but if she had been cooking with the She's product still or showing that she used it... Joy, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be so snippy with She's me today, Joy. Talking. You really don't. I'm talking because I'm paid to talk and it's my job. And that's what I'm doing, Joy. And if you have a problem with it, I don't have oh, to come okay. to work today. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. She's still talking. One other thing was that Megan said, Megan was trying to joke a bit. Um, besides the get out comment, she was like, also, what, what person like cooks with black beans or cooks Mexican foods while wearing a white silk blouse or something like that. Yeah. And okay, I'm not I'm not accusing anybody of anything, but all I'm saying is that Anna Navarro appeared on CNN the night before this happened and said that exact joke. <gasps> but she, let me tell you another thing she did. She broke cocina Latina laws. But I don't know any Latin who were dressed in white silk to cook a, a can of uh, black beans. That, that in itself makes no sense. <laughs> oh my God. So I'm not saying anything, I'm just saying. <laughs> Should we talk about another spicy moment? Let's go for it. Okay, so Tucker Carlson's head writer was fired after some of his racist and homophobic writings had been uncovered, I think, again. I think everybody already knew this mm-hmm. about him. But um, finally, Fox was forced to fire his head writer. And immediately upon firing the head writer, Tucker went on a long-planned vacation um, hiatus of his show. Mm-hmm. And um, the ladies talked about it, and they talked about, like, essentially it was a conversation about cancel culture and whether Tucker Carlson should be canceled as a result of his association with his head writer and what his head writer wrote. And for context, the head writer said that nothing that Tucker Carlson says doesn't start with something that that this man writes. So um, anyways, like it it comes back to this. uh, Of course, our spicy moments come back to Megan because she says that she doesn't think that Tucker Carlson should be canceled because of his what his writer says. Mm. And um, I think they're seeing this little hiatus that he's going on as like, is this a cancellation? Is he yeah. not going to come back from this? I think he's going to come back from this. They just literally need to find somebody else to write him like ridiculous things to say. I like debating with all three of you. You're all incredibly smart, brilliant well, women, and it's a privilege to, to do. Debating is great. What you do want to stay away from is you want to get rid of the racist aspect of it. And the racist aspect of it is thrown out there to to keep you from making your points. And if we could could get rid of the racist racist aspect aspect of of anything having to do with this show, I mean... 
that I'm no, I mean, no, that I'm, no aware. I'm, I'm talking about people like Tucker Carlson, where well, the, the where is, the that's a different perspective. The, I don't hold him accountable for his writer's actions in the same way that I don't hold any person accountable for someone they're attached to's actions. And I think again, his his writer 100% should be fired. What he wrote was abhorrent, hands down, full stop. But it, it's it your your criticism of his writer has turned onto a criticism of him. No, he has a lot to be criticized for, though. He has plenty to be criticized for. The writer. I'm talking to what? And Megan kept trying to be like, Sonny, say it, just say it. Should his show be canceled? You won't say it, Sonny. You won't say it. And it reminded me of the argument with the Women's March people because she was like, You won't say if his show would be canceled, should be canceled. You just won't say it. And I was like, (laughs) It was driving me crazy. Yeah. So it was like, she's trying to make a point about how you can't just cancel someone and, oh, the problem's gone. Like, you, we need to have more conversations about holding people accountable and, like, fixing problems, not just canceling them and sending them away. I have a little problem with that. Mm-hmm. And so I would hope yeah. that anyone so do you want who is, pro- to be canceled who is as promoting well? I'm that. I'm actually genuinely curious. You know, do you think sorry? Tucker should be, should you think Tucker it's should be taken off It's not about cancellation. It's about accountability. Well, I'm, well, accountability, funny, the, not cancellation. To you, should he be taken off the air for what his writer has done? I think you know what? Actually, I, the I, American I way it's not about says. what his writer has done, Megan. It's about what he has done. He has. It's basically a Cyrano de Bergerac Answer type of situation question. when should it comes Tucker to Carlson to Tucker be taken Carlson. off the air. Should he be removed from the air for what he did? I certainly think he should be held accountable for what he has said. He's called white supremacy a hoax. He has said that black lives matter is not about black lives. He's talked about dirty immigrants. He has said all of these things. Well, I also think that people like Joy Reid should be held accountable for old blog posts they've put up that are very homophobic about members of my family and friends of mine like Clay Aiken. But for some reason, that's not something that's held accountable either. Every host in mainstream. Actually, she was held Wait, wait, guys, guys, guys she, wait, okay, we're going to break. Yeah, and then um, Joy took this, uh, Joy took this position that was like, I don't fully agree with, which, where she was like, I actually think that you should be able to say anything you want that's unpopular and it shouldn't get you canceled. And I was, I, I'm kind of confused to where she's coming from with this. It kind of came out of left field for me. Um, and she specifically cited the Tom Cotton New York Times op-ed, which called for um, uh, the government bringing the military in to use yeah. against Black Lives Matter protesters. And she was like, "Like, I think he should be allowed to say that in the New York Times. Well, I just wanted to say that, you know, one of the reasons we love this country with all of its flaws is that we have the First Amendment, we have free speech, we have the ability to boycott, we have the ability to speak things that are unpopular. And we also can write things that are unpopular. So there's a difference between canceling people for no reason and, and, and canceling them for a good reason. And there's also a difference between, say, Tom Cotton, who I disagree with vehemently. Uh, I believe that he has the right to, um, to have an op-ed page in The New York Times. And I read the Hugh Hewitt and I read the Ross Duthat and other conservatives in the New York Times and the Washington Post, and I believe they should be heard. That is correct. They should not be canceled. And then, like, Megan was so happy she brought that up because her dear friend, Barry Weiss, <laughs> <laughs> Megan said that you her know dear friend. You know, I hate when we speak the B word on this <laughs> podcast. 
Um, so Megan's like, well, Barry Weiss, who was, um, Megan said she was entangled in the Tom Cotton <laughs> op-ed for many different reasons, which I would just like to point out were all Barry Weiss's own doing. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. she was sitting at home being like, oh, something's getting attention for like, for for controversial reasons like how can i insert myself into yes. this narrative megan was like barry got railed by the new york <laughs> <laughs> so megan said that barry's stepping down so barry actually resigned from her position at the new york times um uh working for the op-ed pages because she said she didn't feel comfortable in the workplace anymore after she spoke out in support mm-hmm. of tom cotton's op-ed and like Megan was basically like, so what she was trying to say was like, Barry got canceled. Yeah. And it's like, no, she didn't. No. And, and Sunny specifically was like, actually, she didn't get canceled. She didn't feel comfortable. And those yeah. are two different things. Yeah. Being uncomfortable is not the same as being canceled. The yeah. same as being held accountable and being asked to, um, own up to something that you've done or said that is not the same as being canceled and so that is and how that free is, speech and that, works can I, well can i pivot off something joy said that is as about the times. can i just uh, say that joy is brought as it up wait oh. Well, you you spoke. Uh, now it's my turn, Joy. So you were talking about the New York Times right before we came on air. It came out that my friend Barry Weiss is leaving the New York Times, and part of it is the controversy over that Tom Cotton op-ed, which exploded. I'm actually glad to hear that you think that Senator Tom Cotton should have an op-ed in the New York Times. And for those of you that don't know what it is, it was an op-ed he wrote in response to the protests over the country where he advocated for bringing in uh, the Army National Guard, and it created a huge controversy within the New York Times about whether or not that should even be printed at all, whether a sitting senator, by the way, the New York Times has posted uh, op-eds from people like terrorist groups like al-Qaeda and Vladimir Putin, but apparently a sitting Republican senator is bad. She was entangled in it for a lot of different reasons. She's been a target of many people on the left in many different ways, despite the fact that she herself is a liberal Democrat. And she just announced she's stepping down. Now, I haven't read her resignation letter because this is happening in real time, Mm -hmm. but I would assume it is because Mm -hmm. she's uncomfortable with the kind of attack she's receiving internally. And when I see someone like Barry Weiss, who doesn't feel comfortable with the New York Times, is another dangerous moment in mainstream media where it's one more person with an interesting opinion that we will not have. And I don't think that's good for America. And I certainly don't think that's good for American media. It is not, not good feeling for comfortable anybody. Is not the same as being canceled. Part- yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and then the thing that really scares me about this whole thing, like when I heard that Barry Weiss was stepping down from the New York Times, I was like, fuck, she's coming to the view. <laughs> God, like I... the timing's too good. She's stepping down so that she has a brief summer vacation and starts up at the view full time in September. And it was just like the way it felt like Megan was almost pitching her view because she was like it's one more person with an interesting (gasps) perspective that we just won't get anymore it's like who said her perspective was interesting but let's talk about that in a little bit when we talk about what might happen with co-hosts but anyways like one thing that that um came up a couple of times when they were having this discussion was like and and it even came up like when Joy was making her point because she was like, I think that Tom Cotton should be able to say this stuff. The times when 
uh, people shouldn't be able to say stuff is like when it's the racist stuff. You asked about Joy Reid. I said she got penalized. Apparently she did not. She apologized she and she got to keep her job. The, right. I just, that's yeah. what I literally just said. Okay. Can I, what can I, I also will say, I will cancel answer, culture? Can oh I just God. finish the question? Let me just answer the question. Do I think that he oh, should okay. get pulled off the air? No, I don't. Because oh. in America, everyone is entitled to have their opinions. But what is not recommended is that we not be racist about what we say. That is my right. bitch with Tucker Carlson. Okay, what did you want to say, Joy? Yeah. For me, it's like at a certain point, you can't, I can no longer like separate the racist things that someone says and everything else they say. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I can't, um, I can't be like, oh yeah, that was horrible, but the rest is fine. It's like, if they're saying that stuff to begin with, I don't want to hear any of it. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on from this topic. We have one more spicy topic, and I'm a little spiced out. Uh, let's talk about hashtag challenge accepted. Oh, God. <laughs> so uh, The View talked about the um, recent uh, social media movement of, uh, of women posting black and white selfies um with with the hashtag challenge accepted mm -hmm. uh women supporting women i think this has come out of like um uh uh turkish women yeah. being murdered i so there's a bit of a confusion about where it this um specific trend came from um there was one uh not that long ago that started in turkey um because of like um femicide violence against women and and um people think that it came from there i think that there's a and and so like people were saying like know where it came from like don't just post the hot black and white photo of yourself and be like challenge accepted <laughs> be like, there did it you know what i mean the way that it was adopted into these celebrities posting hot photos of themselves <laughs> was just generally women empowerment because of what AOC had said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's what they talked about on the view. I think they talked about yeah. it as the AOC. Um, yeah. Cause I don't think they were this. aware of the, uh, of the deeper um, meanings behind it yeah. at that point. And um, so I think they talked about it on the view as like, there is some criticism of the movement as like, exactly what you said just kind of like posting a photo with no more information on it than mm -hmm. just like let's look at photos of each other in black and white <laughs> and it's like that helpful yeah to anything and um i actually thought that like i agreed with megan on this i think yeah. i thought that her point on like clicktivism and posting a black and white photo or po posting a black square and and doing nothing else yeah. is really just like virtue signaling and sometimes we don't even know for what like like this particular trend yeah. and that it's not necessarily helpful but like just as she hooked me in <laughs> yeah she like threw me back out because then she then she turned it into this um thing about how like well i wouldn't even do this because conservative women aren't even like welcome oh, into yeah. this particular movement it's like 
I don't know when she thinks that conservative women were left out of this because as far as I've seen, the way that it's been adopted by celebrities and particularly like her colleagues, yeah, there's no reference to political no. the political movement unless unless they are just accepting on face value that it's um, originating with the AOC speech. I think that she maybe just like associates like any type of women empowerment kind of um, feminist movement. She just like kind of associates back to like the women's March. So then, okay. So then it gets a little spicy because Megan is like, okay, conservative women aren't welcome to this movement, just like they weren't welcome to the women's March. And I'll have you, uh, I'll, I'll remind you all that um, the, the leaders of the Women's March um, asked conservative women to stay home. They asked pro-life women to stay home, et cetera, et cetera. And they have questionable ties to uh, Louis Farrakhan yeah. and anti-Semitism. And, and then Whoopi interrupts and is like, no, no, no. Just to be clear, only one of the women had questionable ties. Uh-huh. And then Megan, Megan goes, actually, you can watch my interview with them on this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was like, when I interviewed the Women's March leaders, like right off the gate, I was like, oh no, because she is reframing, like in her mind, she's remembering it very differently than like everyone else's. When I sat down and interviewed the leaders of the Women's March, and then it came out that they had ties to Farrakhan, I was like, I could see the wheels turn, like I could see it snowballing to be like, oh no. <laughs> And then Whoopi is like, I know I was there. And then they get into this back and forth dispute that felt like it never ended. Where it was like, no, you weren't. Yes, I was. No, you weren't. Yes, I was. And if you looked at Sunny's face, it was the perfect example of what we had already talked about of just her sitting there silently (laughs) waiting for it to end. Because you know Sunny knew that Whoopi was there. Oh, of and course. So Sunny was just like, I can't wait to see where this goes. <laughs> and I just think when you're talking about women's empowerment, as a conservative woman, there's always a level of skepticism because we are never invited into circles traditionally. And the Women's March, we were literally not invited to join and told to stay home if you're pro-life. Um, it ended up being the leaders of the Women's March had a strong ties to Farrakhan and a lot of anti-Semitic and, in my opinion, extremely problematic and controversial views not that I both wasn't women. comfortable. One of the, I just want to say one of the women had strong ties, not both of them, but go ahead. Well, you can watch the tape of me interviewing them on the show and make your own decision for yeah, it. Yeah, I was there. Uh, you were not I there. was there. No, you weren't. I was there. I no, was there. Weren't. Yes, I was. I sat right there. I will get it for you so you can see what I'm talking well, about. We had really both women on, but that's well, not the point. point. Though. I had a no, problem with the women's I'm march. Saying. Other people don't. This is why mm-hmm. this topic is ridiculous. Right. Because again, conservative women just, we don't have voices in places like this and it's fine. Right. Okay. Um, and of course, Whoopi was there. Yeah. <laughs> and Whoopi was like, I'll get you the tape so you can see. But like, yeah. and then at that point, I think the level of confidence Whoopi had, Megan started being like, uh-oh, maybe Whoopi was there. <laughs> and she's like, well, you know what? This isn't even the point. <laughs> yeah, like it felt, it was like the argument that she was trying to make kind of like um, went nowhere because then she started to be like, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then what was really funny was that like <laughs> by the by the end of the show, like Whoopi had people working on it and when they actually like 
like um, through to the end of the show, Whoopi was like, by the way, the producers checked and I was there. No, really? (laughs) 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 Um, And uh, I very quickly spliced together their fight with Whoopi introducing the uh, leaders of the Women's March during that interview. And I think it pissed Megan off a little bit. And so we just clarified our stance. As we saw this quickly start to go viral, um, we were just like, remember, don't at. There's no need to at. Um, and then Megan used her signature sure Jan GIF on us. <laughs> which, like, I don't even know what she's getting at. But, like, whatever. We tried. Yeah. <laughs> just once again, I am asking you to Megan. not... <laughs> Once again, I am begging you to not send mean, hateful comments to any of the hosts. Thank you. So let's wrap this up. Well, it's the end of the season. Yeah. It's the end of one of the most bizarre seasons of The View I think we've ever seen besides the Raven Simone years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what do we think? February feels like it was both last week and 18 years ago you know yeah, so it's absolutely. like i can't believe that it's been a whole season and that they've spent like a whole half season basically doing this virtual show i feel like it hasn't even been happening that long like i feel like the view from home has just been yeah. like that it's still a weird experiment and yet at the same time it feels like it's been going on for multiple seasons yeah and i'm so ready for it to be over but i think i'm fooling myself to think that in september they're going to be back in the studio um i think you are fooling yourself also yeah (laughs) and because i think that we've reached this point where like uh, for obvious like health reasons joy and Whoopi don't want to go back to the studio yeah and then you have like sunny who lives with her entire family some of whom are at risk like she's probably not going to want to go back and megan is pregnant so she's not going to go back so there's really, like, nobody unless they sit Sarah at the table, <laughs> which, like, at this point, Sarah has one of the TV backgrounds, so she's just, like, chilling at home. Yeah, ready to um, pop in whenever. So th- I just think this is the new normal for The View, and yeah. it's, like, a little upsetting because it truly does lose the magic of organic debate that The View is yeah. best known for. But they've done the best with what they can. I'm not looking forward to it coming back in this format. Yeah. (sighs) It's frustrating. Well, when season 24 comes back in September, um, if it comes back in September, what are we going to see? Like, do we see um, a potential new co-host? Obviously, we still have Abby's chair empty. Mm -hmm. um, And... Megan, we don't know her due date, but I suspect it's sometime in October, probably. So she has said on Twitter that she will be back in September uh-huh. and then will be away for a short maternity leave. Um, I imagine they will try to fill her chair with somebody semi-permanent. So, yeah. like, what what are your who are your tops and your bottoms? It stresses me out to even think about. I mean, I've we've said before who we would want people we would want on the show we've put names out there um but i just i can't think of anyone who would fill the conservative seat who would be um who wouldn't be worse you know what i mean <laughs> like, who, i can't think of someone who i would agree with 
more like like everyone who I think they would consider for me would be worse. Yeah. The thing is, at least with Megan, she is not pro Trump. Yeah. So if the alternative is anybody who's pro Trump or even approaching pro Trump, it's going to be like brutal. But I think the show will be looking for that moving into the election, God, uh, which is really sickening, but and, and not, not, not in the good. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, like we've talked about Barry Weiss, I think that there's a really good chance she could be showing up on the View. The timing is just so suspicious, God. and we know that she was sitting in a few times in the past season. Um, I don't know. She's looking for work, and. Well, she can like, keep looking. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they want to court a controversial figure like that, which like her being a controversial figure is just annoying because she's not, it's not even controversy. She's just an yeah. idiot. But How about this? Kiki Palmer gets Ellen's slot. Ellen <laughs> comes to the view. <laughs> I'm good, love. <laughs> the view is already a toxic enough work. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, how about not Ellen, but what if Portia came to The View? So they oh, would still would have an income. Yeah, like, they'd still be, the family would be okay. The Ellen-Portia family would be <laughs> fine. <laughs> they'd still have a regular income. Ellen wouldn't have to work, and then Portia could do The View. Yeah, I'll accept that. What if instead of Portia, we got Anne Hage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I'm okay yeah. with that. Okay, so we've got Anne Heche and Barry Weiss joining The View <laughs> next season. See you all there. <laughs> That's a nightmare. But it's like, it's a nightmare, but like, wow. It's not even that difficult to imagine that really happening. It would be nice to have an L and a B on the table, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's all I have to say. We hope that Kevin's having a nice hiatus. Unfortunately, uh, some of us still have to work at the podcast. Um, <laughs> but we'll see if Kevin's replaced in September, too. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd love to hear your voicemails. If you have thoughts on who you would like to see sitting in the conservative seat or another seat uh in september in the view we'd love to hear those thoughts over the summer um or if there's rumors popping up we'd love to hear your thoughts on them um so keep in touch follow us on social media at deja the view pod make sure to subscribe to and review this podcast on apple and have a great day and take a little time to enjoy Summer on the Bluffs, coming summer 2021. <laughs> Hit it, Abby. That's all, folks. See you later. John Huntsman, the real job creator. Excuse me for butchering her name, the Epstein pervert lady, Gasoline. I don't know how to say her name. Whoopi.